Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hey there, Polyam fam, and welcome back to Talk Your Poly Off. I'm Bella. And I'm Monsuda, and welcome to our bed where we happen to be recording tonight. <laughs> this is a very special episode. We're coming off of a just absolutely wonderful high from a fantastic weekend, but a really great day together, doing absolutely nothing special in particular. We just really enjoyed each other's company and energy and did things for each other and talked about deep conversational stuff. So we didn't really want to record in the office tonight. We thought we'd take it into the bedroom as we wind down for the day. And we wanted to get a little intimate with you. Oh yeah, how you doing? <laughs> so if it sounds like this one's a little bit different, that's why. Yeah. Don't absolutely. be scared. Or do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're lying here in bed. And we're thinking about relationships and connections and, uh, I mean... Well, well uh, it kind of got me thinking today. Uh -huh. um, you know, we were talking earlier about just what are, the, what are some of those small things that you do for partners? And, of course, it varies differently depending on who your partner is. Right. So, like, I happen to know... That you really enjoy a good back scratching. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Right? Yeah. So that's like a really good... And it goes along with your love language, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, which happens to be touch as your number one way of receiving. But right. So I know you love a good back scratch. And so that was something that multiple times throughout the day today, I just wanted to reach out. And you might have grabbed your little wooden back scratch your handle and I might have, you know, come up and been like, no. Or you sat down on the couch next to me and can you scratch my back? And we'd spend a few minutes connecting that way. Right. Or for me, um, it was my feet today. They were really bothering me and you offered to give me a pedicure. Yes, I um, did. Which was mind-blowing. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and you went full-blown like pumice stone and file yeah. and then gave me a little foot massage with some coconut oil it mm -hmm. was so nice sometimes it's just really nice to get these small gifts of appreciation yeah from a partner yeah well and it's not even like you know you hear the word gift and people are like oh i don't want to spend money Right. And we didn't spend money, but we gifted things to each other that we knew each person would enjoy or like. Right. So, and then... Oh, I lost it already. This is how it's going to go tonight. <laughs> so, we did a couple of things. We talked about the back scratching mm -hmm. or the the foot massage type stuff. And when it really comes down to it, part of partnership regardless of the type whether it's monogamous or polyamorous or whatever is paying attention to your partner right and sometimes even if it's something you don't really want to do 
if it's going to make your partner smile, that's kind of the goal of life, right? Right. That's that you're happy because they're happy thing. And yeah. You want to see them light up and, you know, you're grateful that they're grateful and right. all of that. So for me, like a happy partner is kind of a completion of a personal happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about right now is that in order to be happy, I mean, you can do all sorts of things. You can buy things for yourself or you can go do things or whatever. But enjoying that connection or the connection like that personal watching touch. someone else be happy yeah. i guess is really where i'm going at with this is that i can make myself happy all day long i can do all sorts of stuff i can occupy my time or my presence but when i find that i'm happiest rearrange a little here in the bed when i see you smile mm-hmm. or when i see my other girlfriend peaches mm-hmm. smile and it's because of me sure i mean that's a selfish way to think about it but if i'm the reason why you smile that makes me super happy it's like marie kondo says when you're cleaning out your closet you pick up each piece of item of clothing and you're like does this bring me joy so whatever you're doing for your partner is this bringing them joy and it makes you happy right and i like picking you up and saying does she bring me joy (laughs) Oh, you picking me up. That's so funny. <laughs> I do, though. Emotionally, at oh, least. Oh, man, it's been a long day. Yeah. Oh, don't yawn with me, people. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so we had a good weekend. We yeah. did a decent amount of things. Some domestic business, some social business, some not even business at all. Yeah. We had a couple of people over for mm-hmm. a movie night last night. Mm-hmm. I guess this will air Monday, so the night before last. <laughs> and we worked on some connections. Right. I mean, where do we want to go from here? What's our next topic? I mean, we could talk about whatever at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we talk about fostering connections, and I think we've mentioned it before, both here and on our other podcast, Hot Tub Poly Talk, where I struggle a bit making connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when we had our friends over for that movie night, mm-hmm. I've gotten a little bit better, uh, but I think, like, I still want to dig deeper into it. And something that I think we've briefly mentioned here and there in these episodes, but haven't really dug deeper into is love languages okay that's a fantastic way to go right so like if you think about how people both receive love and give love mm-hmm. okay so there's a test online you can google it um five love languages and yeah. they are touch quality, quality time, time words of affirmation acts of service and gifts right And so for me, personally, after taking the test, the way I receive love, so um, the way I'm going to feel the most love, is a a close tie, but what comes out on first, in first place here, would be words of affirmation. I really love being told, um, you know, all the things that someone appreciates me and is grateful for me and loves me and why and 
I love the words, you know, I'm totally the, um, the person at work who like, I want the pat on the back. Like I want to know that I'm doing good. So if I am an exceptional partner, I want to know that you feel that way. So I like to hear those things. And then a close second for me is quality time and coming in third is touch. So before we started recording, Mm -hmm. you were doing something on your phone Mm -hmm. and we're lying here. And I couldn't help but run my hand across your leg Mm -hmm. and notice how beautiful you are and how I love your curves Mm -hmm. and I love your shape Mm -hmm. and I love everything about your body. And those things would be the words of affirmation. Right. That's how I feel love. And that's that's actually just complimenting the physical. Mm -hmm. So I also told you that I feel that you are stunningly incredible Mm -hmm. and you make me absolutely happy as a partner right also words of affirmation Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be compliments on you as or as your physical features right right sometimes the affirmation comes in the form of hey thank you so much for doing those dishes that was amazing and i appreciate you right and those are the small things that um, help a person to not feel like the resentment build up, right? Right. If I'm coming home from work every day and I'm always doing a sink full of dishes and then it's like, okay, well, I always do this for you and you never even notice. You don't even know I do it. Right. You know, so it's nice to hear the words and acknowledgement and feel appreciated. Yeah. So then you said that the next step was quality time. Quality time. That's the second, but close to the first for me. Okay. And I'm working on remembering that quality time, like today was fantastic, right? Yeah. Spent so much time focused on each other, broken up with some errands and some house business. And we did our KTT this morning and, um... Well, even in the errands in the house business, we were doing it together and we were still having a good time. Yeah. We went and returned some stuff at the store. Mm-hmm. I really had a strong desire for jelly beans. <laughs> so while we were there, we picked up jelly beans and we got to shop together and yeah. just hang out together. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the time, especially as a nesting partner in the polyamorous world, it can often feel like you get left behind, right? A new partner comes along and they're the new shiny and it's all exciting. And your live-in nesting partner gets all excited to go out on a date with this new person. And they typically will spend money going out to dinner, going somewhere fun, uh, doing something out of the house. I don't know if you guys are catching this, but she's talking about me right now. <laughs> and so it's really hard on the nesting end to be like oh i just sit at home and we watch tv and we don't go out anymore and we don't do anything anymore i'm not the fun one anymore so it's something i'm working on in my personal development is really focusing on that quality time that we are spending at home uh in addition to when we do go out to dinner and remembering that that is a night out Right. And I want to I want to address that specifically. Uh, I, I know that you and I have talked about yeah. this, but for everyone that's listening, especially if you're that nesting partner, I mean, 
I can speak definitely on the end as a person who uh, I date kind of frequently. Yeah. Not not a lot, but I a little frequently. Yeah. So I do tend to go out a bit, and I do have what someone might consider a new shiny or however you want to put it. And it's it's a thing to, I mean, like, I understand from the side that you're speaking yeah. of on how it's like, man, we don't do the super awesome stuff and I'm not the fun one anymore. But from the other end of this is where I want to speak is that. So as a person who does go out and do date stuff. For all of you out there that are the nesting partner and you are worried that, oh, geez, I've turned into the boring one. It's one thing to really understand and pay attention to the quality of time that you have with a person. Sure, you guys aren't exploring the new places anymore, but that's where you've been in the past also. And and sometimes it's hard to find the new places to be a wildly new adventure. But the thing is, is that for a, the nesting partner, the quality time comes maybe not in so obvious ways, mm -hmm. really subtle stuff like, sure, we're going to have a great conversation while we're making dinner. Right. Or, you know, we have, we have this Netflix TV show that we're going to binge watch together. And that's, that's a shared thing. And that's a really special connection for the nesting. nesting partners. And I know that often the, for lack of a better term, because we're just referring to the new shiny as the new date or the new um, interest. Right. Uh, they are often looking to build towards that nesting type relationship. Right. If they're on the relationship escalator anyway, sometimes they're perfectly content not getting there. But oftentimes, they're envious of the quality nesting time that we get while we're at home, envious of the out-and-about time that they get. Right. And that's a really important detail to remember as you're exploring multiple partner relationships. Right. Or even when you're, if you're monogamous and you're listening, if it feels like, geez, we used to be so much fun and we used to... I don't know, go bowling together all the time or go do these things. And now we don't. So the thing that I think is occasionally overlooked or sometimes forgotten is there is absolutely that new relationship energy when you're first connecting with somebody and it doesn't like, like new shiny kind of sounds a little off putting, but when you're really connecting with somebody in the beginnings of a mm -hmm. relationship, it is exciting. It is fresh. It is new. And you do want to explore this a lot. Right. And what is, I mean, like, you get that emotional high, mm -hmm. I guess. The endorphins. The endorphins. Yeah. And then what I think gets slowly overlooked, which is kind of sad, is that a new relationship energy transfers over time and in really subtle ways into what I prefer to call mature relationship mm -hmm. energy. That's when you have the history built up. That's when you're so close to each other that you feel like you can complete each other's sentences mm -hmm. or you know what the other one needs or you know what everyone's looking for 
without even having to say it. And there's a lot of getting to know you parts of the NRE, the new relationship energy, that sure, that's not there anymore once you've gotten to know that Mm -hmm. person. But there's a level of deep intimacy that's a part of the mature relationship energy, which because it's not new and makes your brain pop with all the endorphin Mm -hmm. rushes, is is sometimes overlooked. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because the mature relationship energy in a lot of ways is sometimes more fulfilling to a soul. Right. Than the new relationship energy. Right. So I'm working on that. My that my second one being the quality time. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the different types of quality time. Right. And then my third and final is touch. I get pretty personal about my bubble my space and people coming in it yeah which is why touch is not first or second for me Mm -hmm. but it is important um i do so (laughs) i have years and years ago an ex that i swear we didn't hug we didn't physically touch each other for a year the last year of our relationship he was sleeping in a different bedroom. I was in my own bedroom. There was no cuddling, snuggling, hugging, nothing. And in the moment, it was like, man, I am so lonely. And this was back when somebody had claimed to be polyamorous, but they were really monogamous. And um, it was very much a one penis policy type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And I can just remember, I was so craving just somebody hold me. <laughs> right. Just somebody touch me and hold me. So I know how important touch is. It's grounding and um, we do a lot of energy work and, you know, I can... This is going to sound so mushy for the listeners, but I mean, like, I can really feel your heart when you touch me. This is such a mushy episode. (laughs) That's okay. I mean, it doesn't, like, a lot of our episodes are either very informative or super silly or exciting. (laughs) This level of vulnerability, though, is important. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, touch is important to me. It's my third, the way I receive. And I got to say... I'm touching your leg right now, and you have the softest leg, and I adore putting my hands on you. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your top three? Oh, I pretty much am a touch guy. Yeah. 100%. I, I was raised, or I grew up, I guess is more accurate, not being touched or given affection Mm -hmm. or I was I was very much the invisible forgotten unknown my parents were divorced my dad was that uber macho like don't show feelings and and then you know my mom was so busy either working or trying to find love she was never around yeah And so I I grew up without touch and I grew up without that physical connection. Yeah. So for me, just touching someone is, is, um, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just 
such a connection that I don't know what I'd do without it. And it's both how you, it's your number one for how you receive and how you give. Right. I love touching. Uh, obviously all consensual, like, I don't know if we need to go there, but right. of course that's going to be said because with new connections and new people, I'm affectionate. I'm I'm a physical person. Yeah. I love touching and it doesn't even have to be romantic or intimate. If I just want to put my hand on a shoulder. Right. And that connects me with another human being. Right. And so like sometimes if it feels a natural thing or if I'm touched first and we can go in that direction, that's cool. But if that's not the case, like we had a couple of people over for a movie night mm -hmm. Saturday night. And the person that I was hanging out on the couch with, I asked if it was okay right. if we could just cuddle while we watch TV. Yeah. And she was totally cool with it. And Well, and we've got people at events that don't want to be hugged, right? Right. So we've gotten into the habit of uh, when we go, when I go to hug somebody, I stop and I pause and I ask them, are you a hugger? Right. And they'll say yes or no, and I'll either hug them or shake their hand or whatever. Right. So we've gotten in the habit of asking that. So, and that's why it's important mm -hmm. because as much as you think that you're all right, it's always good to check in with the person that you're around. Right. Because you don't know for sure what their boundaries are. Right. And especially if you're first meeting someone or you're building a friendship or a relationship or whatever some people have a really tough time being touched right for whatever their personal reasons so are. it's always a fantastic thing to check in and and in that way it also takes the second guessing or the whatever out of it right and it sets you on a straightforward even playing field emotionally yeah. but yes touch is my primary to give and my primary to receive I like to keep my hands busy, so if we're just sitting around and I can rub on your shoulders mm -hmm. or something, I'm going to do that. When we're driving, I like putting my hand on your leg. Yeah. Just, just having a physical connection with a person that you're near, for me, is everything. Yeah. I can, I can sit around and talk with people, and I can sit around and... But nothing means quite so much as being able to have that physical connection. Right. So what's your number two? Oh, doo-doo. <laughs> number two is a doo-doo. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need words of affirmation. Like, right. I know when I'm doing a good job or when I'm not. Mm -hmm. I, I know what my qualities are. If someone gives me words of affirmation... Oftentimes it makes me feel embarrassed. Interesting. Strangely enough, like same with gifts. Yeah. I love getting gifts. I I I like it. But I feel embarrassed to get them. Yeah. So it makes me feel awkward and it kind of brings a little weird level of yeah. stress. So I would say even gifts isn't a big deal for me. I think my words of affirmation, the love of it, I think it comes from growing up in sports. Yeah. Right? I was always big on winning awards. I have trophies that lined my walls and ribbons and medals. So I was always told I was doing good. There was some sort of 
as bad as it is, outside validation Mm -hmm. telling me that I was winning or I was doing good. But it's not bad if it makes you feel good. Yeah. Then it's not bad. No, I just, it was kind of, it just kind of clicked. Like, I think that's where it comes from. It's from growing up in sports and kind of getting that validation. Right. So I would say my second is quality time. Yeah. Giving and receiving quality time. Um, I'm not sure what I feel about what acts of service. Okay. I do know what I feel about acts of service. (laughs) So it's kind of tied with quality time. If someone wants to do things for me, Mm -hmm. I am all about it. Right. I'm kind of a selfish guy. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, but I am. Like, I I will do anything for somebody. Right. And I often put people well before myself. But when someone wants to do something for me, mm-hmm. uh, that that kind of gets me, you yeah. know? And it's like, this person cares. This mm-hmm. person wants to do this for me because they care. <laughs> so I guess, I guess acts of service and quality time are a tie. Yeah. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. But they are definitely overshadowed by touch. Yeah. Like... And it doesn't have to be sexual touch. Right. And I think that's one thing that sometimes confuses people is they're going to be like, oh, yeah, of course you want your dick stroked. Well, that's <laughs> not always the case, right? Right. Like sometimes just when I'm hanging out with friends, sometimes I'll just hang out with my arm around a friend or they'll they'll hang out with their arm around me or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's just it's just like sharing energy right and and it's like oh geez i don't even know (laughs) i could get you're so cute watching though while you're like excited about it (laughs) it's it's just a thing like it's it's i don't even know how to describe it without turning this into a five-hour podcast (laughs) honestly there's something for me that's incredibly magical about touch if it's something as simple as holding a hand or, you know, giving a fist bump. <laughs> it, all the way up to intimate or sexual right. energy. And it's just being without it for so long growing up and not knowing it. Right. And then being in a world where not only is it acceptable, but it's encouraged. Right. Oh, I lose it. <laughs> it's just... It's a drug yeah. for me. Yeah, definitely. So, question for you as yeah. I'm uh, introspective lately. Yeah. How do you think I show the number one way I show love? Because I want to say touch because I touch you mm-hmm. a lot. But with other people, especially new people, mm-hmm. me not being so comfortable, how do I show love the most? I I feel like watching you, you try to make sure that there's quality time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what you try to do is spend time with this person and acknowledge them and and pay attention to them. Yeah. So I think that the way that you show affection is by providing quality time. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So then, I mean, that kind of leads me... so. The next piece that I kind of wanted to talk about here is um, I identify in the world of connections 
I identify as demisexual. Right. Do you want to explain demisexual in case a listener doesn't know yeah. what it is? Yeah, so that is um, being sexually attracted to somebody once you have an emotional connection. So I can't go to an adult club and, well, sure, I can walk into the club or down the street and say, oh, that's a very attractive person. Right. I I don't personally walk in and be like, oh my God, I need to hook up with that person. Right. They're attractive. Totally. They're a good looking person. But I don't see them and think, oh my God, I got to get my rocks off with that person. Because I need to connect emotionally. I need to feel some sort of investment Mm -hmm. Um, we need to be able to laugh and maybe have some friendship building there needs i need to care about them in some way okay so that's demisexual okay how do you connect to people physically (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a different i don't know so i've been actually doing a lot of thinking about this lately in the polyamorous world more so than the monogamous world, I feel that people are trying to identify aspects of themselves, which, I mean, like, in this instance, you know, they know that they're demisexual or pansexual. It's not just heterosexual or gay or bisexual. Mm-hmm. There's levels. Right. Asexual. All right. kinds of things. And... I, for the longest time, figured I was just straight-up heterosexual. Well, a little while back, I went on a date with a girl, and we were just having a conversation, and she was talking about how she is bisexual uh, and leaning towards... I'm going to get this wrong. So if you're listening and I fuck this up, I'm sorry. I think she was saying that she was bisexual and leads towards heterosexual physicality. But as biromantic, mm-hmm. she leans toward uh, same gender sexuality. Like homoromantic. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of the romantic level being seen in the same way that you would see a sexual level mm-hmm. was something that I don't feel that I was originally familiar with. So when she was explaining it to me, I was like, wait a minute. Well, that puts a whole new spin on all sorts of things. Right. Like there's even, so there's asexuals. There's also <clears throat> aromantics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like sexually, yes, I identify as heterosexual. I have been around men with whom I feel more than a friendship, mm-hmm. but I just thought, oh, we're just super duper besties or, you know, I don't know. Right. And, and then once I was familiar with the idea of this romantic scale, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, that might make sense. Why this guy, I can be a little more vulnerable Mm -hmm. i guess but i'm still not sexually attracted to him right so that was kind of an interesting concept which led me down to a lot of my own personal introspective thought process recently where i'm trying to figure out 
what it is about people that turns me on. Right. Right? So you could be the hottest looking person on the planet. And if you're an asshole, <laughs> you are no longer attractive to me at all. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't even look at you and think, oh, well, this person's hot. But I just think, not nah, hell with this person. <laughs> right. And, and so I was thinking, okay, that's, that's not so hard to figure out. But then there are also scenarios that I've come across recently where, well, maybe not recently, but I've become more aware of it yeah. recently, where good-looking person, great attitude, still something that says, I'm not interested. Right. Like, uh, at first appearance, just their general outward appearance you might be like oh yeah i should be attracted to this person I, all signs tell me so yeah and they've got a great personality right cool something's still not there right exactly and it could be the same thing someone's really not attractive not my type we all have personal preferences right. so i'm not saying my type is whatever stereotypical bullshit right. i'm just saying we all have preferences mm -hmm. if someone generally doesn't fit my personal preference mm -hmm. and their attitude is great there's still a great chance that i would be attracted to this person yeah and then going one step further if their their physical appearance doesn't hit my attractive radar mm -hmm. their personality is great and i'm still not attracted to them and I know it's not because of the appearance thing, because I do definitely fall in love with personalities. Mm -hmm. So there's this weird third element that I haven't been fully aware of until recently that tells me part of why I'm attracted to somebody. Right. And a lot of it's really come up as of late. And it comes down to a person's energy. Mm-hmm. I find that the energy level of a person is the first thing that determines for me whether I'm attracted to them. Right. Whether I feel arousal because of them. Right. And we're not talking energy like, oh, hey, what's up? On the go. Ready to go. I'm really high energy. La, 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 la. Bounce <laughs> off the walls. That's not the kind of energy we're talking about. Like, there's that. And then there's the extreme, like... Oh, how's your day? I sound like Eeyore. Yeah, that's a total boner killer right, right there. Just... <laughs> but we're not talking about that kind of energy, right? You're, right. You're it's... talking about someone's, like, innermost aura energy. Yeah, and without sounding too, right. I don't know, existential about it, <laughs> there's, I would almost, if we're going to try to put it in a scientific idea, it's... A person's vibrational energy or their... Magnetic. Their, geez, maybe a magnetic energy. Just what they generate is what I feel. Right. And that's a great sign because there, there are people that, by all rights, I should be totally attracted to. And I should be like really trying to hook up or whatever... I just don't. Right. So I guess 
and I don't know what the name would be for something like that. I was trying to Google it. If if anybody has a name for someone who builds sexual and or romantic interest in a person based off their energy, email us, podcast at pacificnorthwestpolyamory.com. Right. We're looking, as much as we don't like to label things, labels also help. So if you can find a word that describes that, let us know. Right. So I guess that's how I'd fall. Yeah. I energy sexual. <laughs> I I think I have a little bit of that too. Mix. I have to have a good energetic connection. Uh huh. But I also have to have the emotional side. Right. If people can't have deep conversations with me, uh, if they can't really connect to my emotions. Uh huh. But they have really great energy, and you know they're showering me in love and affection. It still might not work. Right. Like, I, for me, I kind of have to line up both. Right. Which often creates a perfect storm of why I can't connect with many people. Well, and I think about it in the sense of, like, a Venn diagram, right? For a minute, I thought you were going to say Avengers. No. <laughs> so if we look at each one of these three things as its own circle or what, its own things? field. Physical. Mm-hmm personality, mm-hmm. and energy. Mm-hmm. Almost like mind, body, and spirit. Right. Right? So you can be attracted to all things in the physical circle, mm-hmm. or you can be attracted to all things in the mental or personality circle, mm-hmm. or you can be attracted to all things in the spiritual or energy mm-hmm. circle. So for me... My ideas are, if you don't have a connection to at least two of the three things, then a solid partnership probably isn't going to be likely. Right. They all need to overlap in some way. Right. But two could be bigger than the one, or right. could be a little off balance, but they still need to intersect. Right. So if you if you put these circles a bit closer together to where they do overlap into a Venn, di- Venn diagram... Mm-hmm. You will have the circle itself, and in three sections, where two of the circles meet. Right. And then you'll have that middle section where all three of the circle meet. Right. And naturally, if you find someone that fits into all three, then the chances of your relationship becoming a deep, serious thing... And thriving. ...is going to be... Easy, right. like great odds. Like if it was a horse race, you'd put money on it because right. you know you're going to win. So I would say that for for at least a good relationship, it's a good idea to try to make sure that two of the three circles at least yeah. overlap. And you're a three-circle person for me. <laughs> no, you are. Oh, no, you are. Well, that's really all we had to talk about, so tonight's episode's going to be just a little bit shorter. Oh, is it all we had to talk about? I mean, I think so. Okay. That's, that's really well, I was going to talk about our fun little movie night, but I guess we could do that on Hot Tub Poly Talk later this week. Then. What movie? Which movie night? The Saturday movie night where we had our uh, couple of people over. Oh. We'll, we'll do that for Hot Tub Poly Talk. Okay. That'll be good. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So, I guess... Did we cover everything? Yeah, that's all I was thinking. (laughs) That was a very lovely day. 
Yeah. It was so good. I'm going to have all the things to write in my gratitude journal tomorrow morning. I'm glad. Yeah. So now that you're probably all disgusted with our mushiness. You know what? Okay. I am going <laughs> to I'm going to prolong this episode. Because one of the things that does get me in our modern culture mm-hmm. is when people do show affection and people around get all like, oh, that's gross. Oh, you guys need to stop. But like when you're showing affection with a partner and yeah. you're genuinely happy with that person and being affectionate and other people just kind of have to come along and shit on your parade. Right. Like... I don't know where I'd get this, but if you're showing, if I'm showing my affection for you and someone on Facebook and yeah. someone comes along with a little sticker of a pukey face, right? Mm, you know who you fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That shit kind of bothers me. It's like, you know what? I understand you might be envious of the relationship or jealous right. because you don't have it. But it's not bad and it's not shameful to be able to be affectionate with a partner or multiple partners in any kind of setting. And it's it's the same people that are like, God, get a room. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you. I have a house full of rooms. I'm proud enough to be with this partner that I'm going to show them fucking affection. Right. And if you don't like it, you can just go jump off a fucking bridge. <laughs> Like, shut the oh, fuck up. This got so dark. What happened? Where did my lovey-dovey partner oh, go? I'm definitely going to give you lovey-dovey. Oh. But I do want to say, like, for anyone that's out there, if... Don't shame people. If you do get shamed for having a fantastic relationship, and if you and if people are even in jest giving you a ration of shit because you're showing affection to someone... You know what? Tell them to go fuck themselves because no one else is going to do it for them. Or obviously, politely call them out and just say, hey, this is my relationship and it's between us and not you. So go away. Or Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> do that. Like, it, it does. It's a pet peeve. It bothers me to no end <laughs> when people have to. Like, diminish that connection. Yeah. Like, we as a society should stop diminishing positive connections because it seems taboo or it's a little too close to PDA. You want to show PDA? Do it. (laughs) Like, as long as you're not fisting each other on the subway, who cares? Right? (laughs) Like, a kiss here and there, it should never be shameful. No, hashtag normalize love. Normalize love. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I Genius. Know. You're wonderful. I'm so good. Don't ever let someone diminish your relationship. If you're in a relationship with someone and it's good and it's beautiful and it makes you each happy, don't let anyone come and rain on it. And other people's opinions are none of your business. Hell, their opinion should be none of their business. Right. No, I want to be affectionate with yeah. you, and I want the world to see because yeah. you're amazing. We're here because they can't see. Right. <laughs> but no, don't ever let anyone shame your relationship. I don't care what the configuration is. I don't care what the gender roles are. I don't care what it is. If it's two consenting adults sharing a beautiful relationship, 
be thankful. Right. Because there's enough shittiness and hatefulness and negativity in the world. <laughs> what we genuinely need to see is more people openly loving each other. Right. In any way, shape, or form. Yep. Just. That's how the next generation will grow up. Right. Open to it is by seeing it and making it normal. Right. Hashtag normalize Normalized love. love. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. And it should be done a whole bunch more. Yeah. On that note. Okay, on that note. We're going to say goodnight so we can get some rest and snuggle up. Okay, and then we're going to be affectionate. We are. And I'm going to open this window so anyone outside can see us being affectionate. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> Normalized love. No, but I mean like in a box in a window like a fishbowl. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're on the second story. Anyone right. that sees us is probably flying a drone. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be weird if we pulled up the blinds and there was a drone outside the window? I'd flash it. <laughs> I'd be like, look what I got. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. <laughs> All right. Well, please remember if you figure out a term for an energy connection to shoot us an email at podcast at Pacific Northwest polyamory.com. Yeah. And also, I think I mentioned that we did our KTT this morning. Mm -hmm. We've had people ask us before, you know, what that is, and it's our kitchen table talk. We did create a free template, PDF template. Mm -hmm. If you go to our website, PacificNorthwestPolyamory.com, there will be a pop-up that'll ask for your email, and then we will send you the email and scroll down to the bottom, and there's a free PDF download. Right. And you can use it to work on communicating with your polycule or just your monogamous partner or or your roommates your roommates <laughs> your family mm -hmm. whatever or you cannot like it's just another tool to help us all learn how to grow together right so until next time thanks for getting in bed with us tonight <laughs> polyam fam <laughs> have a good night bye Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.